If you have a Bible of Psalms, chapter 42, verse 1 to 4. Psalms, chapter 42, verse 1 to 4. When the book of Psalm was written, it was written to the Lord. The psalmist wrote songs. They wrote down their love and their feelings, their emotion for God. It's probably when they were writing, the intention was not for us, but it was a worship song. And this morning, let, let us just look at the Bible verse, verse 1. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. I do not know what you hear from this passage, this verse. Do you understand? Do you understand? The title of my sermon today is Dear and Dear you won't understand. Psalmist, he wrote this. I, I do not know how many of us, as you read, you wonder, like, just go to church. Like, what's a, the big deal? Why do you thirst for God? Like, how dear pants for the water? I do not know if you experience, like, when you ran marathon, and you forgot to drink, like you, you thought the next water station is going to be very soon, and you skip this one because you got no strength to stop. And as you run, you say, when is the next water station? I'm dying. I need water. And some, some you know, when you run, right, you, you, you thirst and hunger for the water so much so that even the sweat of the runners look delicious to you, you know. Like, like water, water, where can I find my water? And then sometimes when you go traveling, you spend hours on a coach, on a bus, you long for that water to quench your time. Some is David over here. Very likely it was written by him. I hear and I see his passion. His passion for God. This is a story between a deer. Like he described himself as a deer, between a deer and his deer. God was so dear to him. God was his deer. Between a son and his father God. This song, this psalm tells us of his intimacy with God. I don't know if you watched Love Story when, when I was young, sometimes. You, you watch a love story, a, a drama, and when the song plays, when the guy is missing that girl, and you, you say, he, that, that's me, that's me. But today, when we read this, how David poured out his love for God, 
How many of us here, we say, that's me, that's me. I thirst for God. I'm desperate for Him. I, I want more of God in my life. Like I used to, I remember how I used to go to church with the, with the multitude, how I was pouring out my soul within me to God. How I just praise God and worship God. How that fulfill my soul and quench my thirst. How that worship, the encounter with God, just change everything. King David was a king. He probably didn't really have meats in his life. He wants wife, he has wives. <laughs> he wants cars, Ferrari, right? If he wants houses he can build, he doesn't need anything. But we see a man that is desperate. Desperate for something. He longs to go he longed to go God's house, not because he had to, but he wanted to. To him, going to God's house is not a task, but a passion. To him, probably, holiday is like the old English word, holy day. To him, when I don't have to work and go to my palace, it's my holy day that I can go and worship God. I pour out my soul to go to the house of God. I remember hearing heroes of faith growing up, pastors, missionaries. They share how they are so committed to worship God that when they go, they still find a church wherever they go, whether it is in Europe, it is in Africa, wherever they go to. There is just this thirst once a week, I need to go to the house of God to behold His beauty. I hope we are not losing this passion Holiday, many of you, you are not from Penang, but you are here worshipping today because you are like King David. You love the house of God. Why not you just give yourself a big, big hand? Come on. <laughs> Last week, Chad shared with, us, shared with us that the purpose of our life is to know God. It is to know Him, experience Him, and to reflect who He is. You always emulate and you always become like the person that you spend most time with. In a lot of time with me, you will love coffee. Right? I, I spend a lot of time with Pastor Keith and Pastor Gary and, and I'm drinking coffee. Now Isaac is like my coffee buddy. Right? Coffee, it's... When you know somebody, you begin to experience and to reflect that person. Our job, our, our purpose on earth is not to do more, but to become more. To become who God has created us to be. It is to know who God has created us to be. It is to reflect who He is. That is the purpose of our life. And in the month of January, we, we, we pray, we are praying purpose, we are talking purpose, we are meditating on purpose because we want to know why we are here. You want to know why you are here this Sunday, you want to know why you are here in Malaysia. God has in, in store for you. So if purpose is about becoming, the question is this year, 
who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? A lot of times we set goals based on actions. It is not wrong, but very likely it is not very effective because it's based on tasks, checklists, to-do lists. But when you know who do you want to become, you will know what to do. Do you want to become a friendly person? Then you will know what to do. You don't have to memorize, I have to smile. Number one. Two, I have to shake my hands. Number three, if possible, give a hug. Number four, have to lean closer. You, you don't have to, because you person, that is something within who you are. Some of us here, we want to be a person with a better self-control, right? A, a more disciplined person. Some, this year, I told God, I want to be more godly. I want to be godlier. I want to be healthy. When you know you want to be a healthy person, you will know what to eat and what not to eat. Amen? You will know when to exercise and when to sleep. Amen. Knowing who you want to become will define what you do. When you see yourself as a lover of God, you will know what to do. If it's this year, I want to fall in love with Jesus more. I want to be a lover of Jesus. I want to be like King David. I want to be like this man after God's God. If you, that is your goal, that, that is who you want to become, you will design your life. You will know what to do in order to become who you will be. It's strange. I, I, I was just thinking this week, I, I remember those days growing up in church, every, almost every other month, the pastor was, how many of you here, you want to fulfill the call of God upon your life? Most of the time, they will also ask, how many of you want to go full-time serving Jesus? You, you, it's almost like this song, after this song, they, they will do that. Like some hymns, it's, it's easy, right? Nowadays, the song is very nice, paint picture, like you are captain, then God is our captain, then you are sea, you have boat, you have, right? It's harder to do auto call, like, like this kind of auto call. It's another kind. I don't know whether you get what I mean. Like, how many of you want to go to sea? Yes, yes. You are. So, growing up, I listened to my dad preaching. He would say, how many of you want to fulfill the call of God? What is the price you are willing to pay? It's always like, what is the price you are willing to pay? And we grow up, say, if I respond to God, I want to be a, ch a child of God and a servant of God. Then, normally the question that we will ask is, what is the toughest thing that I need to do for God? Normally, we ask, like, do I need to go to Africa? Like, I don't know what's wrong with Africa, but, you know, always like that. Maybe it's very far, and you have wrong perception. By the way, Africa is a beautiful place. And uh, Wan Xiao wants to go to Africa. Wan Xiao, where are you? All right. Awesome. You know. But, you know, you, you know those days, right? In my mind, when I fulfill, like respond to auto call, it's always, God, what is the toughest thing? Is it to die for you? Is it about going to prison? It, that's, that's the question that we ask. But nowadays, I realize that Christians ask different questions. They ask, what is the simplest thing I can do? Like, do I always need to pray? Is it every day? Like, what is the simplest thing? 
uh, why, why do we need to serve? Why, why join a ministry? We always ask, like, what is the minimum requirement? We have moved from what was the toughest thing I can do for Christ, I'm ready to do, what is the price I was willing to pay, to what is the minimum? What is the easiest thing to do? You know why we have moved from that to this? Because a lot of times we have moved from a passion to a religion. We have moved from purpose to a task. Because when you go for a job interview, you always ask, what is my job description? I want to know. I want to make sure your, I can meet the minimum requirement, not the maximum. Right? So that I have, have more free time, I can give less. We have come to a, a generation whereby we think about ourselves to get maximum for ourselves and to give minimum. And that is dangerous because that is not love and passion. You know, when young people fall in love, they always say, I will do anything for you. Anything. If you want me to pluck the stars down, I will pluck. If you want me to climb the moon, I will climb, even though I, I don't even dare to climb Mount Kinabalu, but I will climb the, the moon for you, you know. That is love. I will do anything for you. But a job will ask, what's the lowest requirement? As little as possible. Friends, can we embrace this truth? Some things cannot be treated as tasks. It will die off. If every morning to pick up the garbage and throw it does not spark joy, it's just a task for you, it will die off. I have to do it again. Right? And sometimes when you pick up the rubbish, the, the plastic bag, some, some, some of the things overflow and you hope you don't see it. Like, why did I see it? Like, why did I see it? Right? Because it's not a passion. It's just a task. This year, we want to live a year being more intentional, full of purpose. We cannot treat all these things that matter as tasks. It, it must be a love because when it is treated as tasks, it will die off. If talking to people, loving people is tasks, then you will stop doing it when you leave church. If praying is a task, then when no one is looking, we won't pray. I begin to ask myself, like God, why? Why do people die for the sake of gospel? I don't understand. And probably unless you make that decision to die, you won't understand. Why do missionaries come? Like, why did the missionaries bring the gospel to this part of the world? They were doing well over there. We don't understand. Because it's a story between the deer and his deer. We won't understand. It's a love story. People make crazy decisions, unreasonable decisions, because of passion. Passion is something that you cannot explain Passion is something that will drive you to do things that people won't understand. I had the privilege to visit this Bahasa church in Sungai Ara and Crystal Point, this FGA Bahasa service. Um, it's a congregation that ministers to the Indonesian workers here in Penang. Man, I was so 
impacted because almost all of them are not Malaysians. They work here in factories. If you work in factories, you know you work 12 hours a shift. And, and, and you always have to adjust your biological clock because one week you work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The following week you work 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And you work like four days or five days non-stop and it's tiring. But this church that I went to, it's crazy. These Indonesian members, I went, they told me that's how they do it. One week, they will attend Saturday service because after the Saturday service, they have to work. Another day, they attend Sunday service because the shift has changed. And the beautiful thing is, normally, when they serve, they probably don't sleep for 24 hours. How is that? After they work for 12 hours, they go to church, they practice for worship. Some of them dance, some of them lead worship, some of them design slides. After that, they have two hours of prayer meeting, they have one hour of break, then they do service. After service, they go fellowship and they serve one another. It's like one whole day, not sleeping. And they have thousands of people right now. You know the house that they live in, if apartment in Sungai Ara, normally if you like, just put three person in, in it, four person, it's so cramped, they have ten of them. But they preach the gospel, they sing, you cannot tell. You cannot tell they haven't been sleeping. But a lot of churches, a lot of us, we sleep so much and we are so always tired. Now, the thing is this, when we do not have passion, we feel tired easily. Only passionate people will wake up six o'clock to run. Come on. Only passionate people will come to church on a tiresome long weekend. Hallelujah. But you see, this is the thing. We have to grow our passion. We have to make sure that it is something from within. We will never understand why these Indonesian friends, brothers and sisters are so passionate. Because it's their love story with Jesus. We will never understand why missionaries would come, die for the sake of gospel. What is your goal this year? Is it to know God better? If that is your passion, it is your passion to be a friend of God, then that passion will compel you to teach you to read His heartbeat, which is His Word. It's like when you like a friend, you can talk to that person for hours, just listening, not just words, not just information, but his heart. You want to know God's heart, not formulas. The Bible should not be treated as principles, formulas, or knowledge. It is the word of a living person, the heartbeat, what he thinks. It is amazing we say that the Bible is inspired by God, by the Holy Spirit. The psalmist David wrote about his passion for God. When God spoke through the prophets about his love for the nations, they are all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Meaning God is trying to tell us, be like that psalmist. I long for that relationship with you. I long to see you opening your Bible with passion. I long to see you 
reading my word with that longing. It's like loving that love story. A lot of us haven't, all your life, you never really opened a letter before. I had the privilege to live in the era where you receive, you have to open the envelope if it is from someone that you love. You open it carefully. Like, you want to make sure that the gum and, you know, detach properly. Some of you put some warm water, put properly. When you open it up, man, it smells so good. Normally, the paper has some... You, you just have that, that, that feeling. And even though there is no soundtrack behind, but in your mind, there is a soundtrack. It's a love song. You look at it, man. Every word, like, wow. Every word is so thoughtful. Wow, there is a comma there. There's a dot, dot, dot there, you know. Like, man... She must be thinking about me. I mean, I make up the story, but you know. What I mean is when you, when you l- read someone's words with passion, it changes your life. Because you are not, that letter is for you. When we read the Bible, when you listen to sermon, when you sing a worship song, do you know God sees it as a personal letter, a love letter? God doesn't say, man, this guy cannot really sing. You know, that guy should sit. God doesn't do that. But God looks into the heart and sees who would sing from their heart. Because the Bible says, God looks not at our appearance, but our heart. We want to read his heartbeat. So the past whole month, we've been talking about purpose. I realized this. You may be able to teach purpose but you cannot teach passion. How to teach passion? How to teach someone to go to work with passion? I cannot. How to teach someone to, to go running with passion? You cannot. I failed three years, four years. How can you teach? You cannot teach passion. Even if you teach purpose, can I say this? The purpose will never be fulfilled unless it becomes a passion. If, if you think like, yeah, my job is to be a father, but being a father, if it is not your passion that purpose will not be fulfilled because you treat it as a task. Shower them again. I have to feed them again. I lose my freedom again. Sometimes I talk that to myself, right? But it must be a passion. Then the purpose of being a father will be fulfilled. Today, being a follower of Jesus must be a passion. Something that people won't understand. People look at you like, this person is crazy. Exactly. You won't understand. It's between the deer and my deer. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. We read this this like a million times. But you know what? I see and the mission of God. Let's not take this for granted. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. He gave His Son to us freely, unconditionally, entirely to a point that He died for us on the cross. That is why this verse became probably the most quoted verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world and gave His only Son. Why? 
it's because God did not treat this as a task. Jesus did not treat this as a job. No, I have no choice. I have to do it. But Jesus did it with passion. He said, because I love the world, that is why I came. Can you feel God's passion? Can you, are you affected, transformed by His passion? We see that Jesus, His mission is known in these two verses. I came not to condemn, but to save. Church, may we never be known for our style. Man, City Light, they can dance, they can have loud music, they have lighting, they, have, they are cool. May we never be known by our style, but our mission. May we never be known by our programs, what they do, seed and all that. No. Not, that, not known by the programs, but our passion. Our passion is for the lost. Our passion is for the Lord. We want to see the world safe into God's family coming. When, when we have passion, we begin to take initiative. I love to work with passionate people because you don't have to tell them what to do. They know what to do. They will learn. They will pick it up. When it is our passion, we will go further. We will go deeper. We will go the extra mile. When we have passion for people, your passion will teach you what to speak. If your passion, our passion is for new friends, we want to see souls safe. I don't have to teach you. Man, you have to see the face in church and check through your database if you know that person. Number, that's step number one. Number two, check your previous conversation. There is no need to have all these lists. But you just want to connect because you want to see them blessed. You want to see them find God. Initiative will push us to the extra mile. Passion will teach you what to do. And passion will cause you to fight for it. I pray that God will reveal His passion. God will help us to find our passion this year. It will not be another year where your age is increased by one more, your task is more, but no, we will be a step closer to our mission and our passion, heart and soul. Passion is not what you speak, but how you live. Passion is not what I speak here on a Sunday. I'm aware that passion is how I live from Monday to Saturday. Passion is my thoughts and my actions because they speak louder than my words. Passion, going to community, to CG, we will go there loving the people, praying for the people and ready to connect. Passion, going to connect group cannot be a task. Yeah, because that is what City Light does. We have to be part of the CG. No! Don't do that. Go with passion. When you open your Bible and read, you know, we have this uh, interesting Bible reading online for group, you know. And I have to be honest, in the beginning, I was thinking, yeah, reading through. Oh, if I don't read them, my members will know that this pastor is not reading the Bible program, right? But I realized I cannot do that. 
I cannot have that mindset. I must really go into it and say, God, what are you speaking to me? What can I learn? What can I share? And every day after you read the passage, think that reflects what you learn and share something that can bless others in the Bible app. Do that for your CG if that is your passion. If the passion is to pray, we will love to pray. Not just in our room, we love to go out and pray for one another. Every time. One of the things that I admire Chad a lot is every time you meet him, we always end with prayer. Even though we are like, I'm late for my appointment, you know, sometimes fellowship is very hard to control the time and he always wants to pray before we go, which is awesome. Jesus said, prayed to the Father, said, God, I'm not asking you to bring them out of the world. They are not of the world, though they are in the world. You know, being in the world is what we do. You, you live in Malaysia, you wear hoodies, like cool, you have ripped jeans, you, some of you have tattoos. It's like being in the world, right? It's, it's our job, it's our task. I hope all of you, you know, I'm not asking you to, in fact, I hope less people join the staff team, more volunteers will serve the Lord out there and still serve in the kingdom of God, of course. But, but really, being in the world is what God has brought us here for. But that is what we do. But Jesus says that, pray that we will not be of the world. Being of the world, right, is not just what you do, it is who you are. It is your value system. It is your mission. Jesus was spending time with the tax collectors, the sinners, the prostitutes. He was in the world. But he, was not, he did not carry their values. In fact, he impacted their values. He carried kingdom values. He ministered with kingdom power. He was not of the world, though he was in the world. But it is very sad and dangerous that a lot of times Christians, if you are Christians here, sorry, I need to offend you for a while. If you're not Christians, um, praise the Lord, you know, God loves you. And, but I'm talking about believers. It is very dangerous that we may be, we may not, we may no longer be in the world. You join a Christian organization, all your friends are Christian friends, all your language is Christian language. When you go out, talk to your friends, your friends don't understand what you are saying. Your jokes are all Christian jokes. It's all Paul, Peter, and John, and James, right? It is possible that we no longer stay in the world, but we are pretty much of the world. Oh man, we love everything in the world, although we cannot have them. We, we want to be rich like the world. We want to live a carefree life like the world. Jesus never called us to live a carefree life. Jesus tasks us to give our burden to Him. Jesus calls us to win the world. Right? But it is possible that Christians, we form a community, we enjoy ourselves, we are no longer in the world, but we are pretty much of the world. There's jealousy, there's strife, there is no compassion because we are so much like the Pharisees in the Bible sometimes. You know the Pharisees? 
they live like a righteous man on the outside. They don't look like they are all. But they were very much of the world. Church, I'm not here to offend you. I'm here to remind myself. Let's be in the world. What you do, your work, your job, be an engineer, be an accountant, be a teacher, be a salesman, be a cleaner. Don't think that since I become a Christian, I cannot be a cleaner anymore because my life must be righteous. No, that's, that's not true. Be a cleaner. Be the best cleaner you know how. Christians, we must be the best toilet cleaners wherever we go. Right? You go to your company. If it's dirty, don't wait for the cleaner to come. Just wash it. If there is garbage, pick it up. Right? You love Malaysia? Pick some garbage for Malaysia. Right? So, so we must be in the world but we cannot carry the values, the, the thinking of the world. Purpose. God wants us to shine, to know Him and to reflect Him in the world. It's a time we talk about the purpose of God. We talk a lot on purpose, but how about God? If it is about purpose of God, then we got to know who is God? Who is God in your life? Is Jesus your God? Or is the Jesus that you have in your heart the same Jesus in the Bible? How does the Jesus in your heart look like? Have you ever wondered, like, Jesus, the Jesus in my heart and my, in my mind, is it the same as the Bible? Or did I create a different Jesus? The Jesus that I can use or the Jesus that I can serve. It's in the individualistic world today that we could have created our own version of Jesus. The Jesus that we can use. God, I'm sick. Jesus, come. Oh, Jesus, I'm happy. Uh, see you two weeks from now. Jesus become something that we use. Purpose of God. Do you know the meaning of purpose can also be translated to this word use, right? The use of something is also the purpose of something. Meaning, if you want to know the purpose of God in your life, probably a very natural question that we will ask is, God, how do you want to use me? I want to know your purpose to know how you are going to use me. Because it is the purpose of God, not the purpose of Daniel Lau. It is the purpose of God. God, how are you going to? The fact is this. If we use God, He probably won't use us. He can still use the circumstances. He can still use your... He, is, he can use anything. But He probably won't be in a close partnership with us. But the thing is, if we love God, He will use us. If you are passionate about God, He can use us because we plug ourselves into His purpose. Friends, I pray none of us here will use God as an item, but we will love Him. We will build relationship with Him. And the beautiful thing is this, if we don't love God, we cannot really live out the purpose of God in our life because we won't allow Him to use us. Just now I was saying that 
purpose must have passion, am I right? But we also understand that passion will lead to our purpose. Our passion for God will lead us to, our, to the purpose of God in our life. Our passion for God will lead us to God's purpose. So if you fall in love with Jesus this year, like again and again, you are so much in love, you sing your different version of As the Deer. It doesn't have to be this song, but all the songs that you sing is pa your passion for God. Let me assure you, you are not far from the purpose of God in your life because that's when God will begin to reveal His heart. God will begin to reveal your purpose. God will begin to reveal how He can use you. But a lot of times we are tired. We've, we don't see any purpose, not because the purpose has disappeared, but the passion has how do we keep our fire burning? I want to show you some pictures. I received an email this week from the Russian. Um, one group came from the St. Petersburg Ministry. You know, um, before we continue, I, I just want to share with you, they came to Fire's Camp, they saw our people, they were so impacted. Then when they went home, it was Christmas season and they, they celebrate. In Russia, there are two Christmas dates. One is 25th, of December, but most of them celebrate um, 7th of January. I want to say these young people, you know, these people, no matter how they take their Instagram pictures, it's always Instagram-worthy, Insta-worthy, right? It's always Instagrammable because they look pretty good, right? But during this holiday season, all they thought about is how they could bless during holiday. So they, they actually gathered a group of young people from schools, the teenagers. They begin to gather together. Let's see the pictures. Come together for one or two weeks of gathering. Next, do we have? I think got, they have like seven pictures. Only have one? Only have one. Oh, I wish I can show you. Uh, I sent all actually, but it's okay. Um, I wish I can show you. They gather together, they went ice skating together, they bake cakes for one another, they read the Bible, they do activities, they play games, they went cinema together. They actually free themselves out so that they can serve these teenagers in the city. This is the impact that they make after coming to Fire's Camp. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Now, what is that? What is that? What drove them? It was not a task a responsibility like you have to do this after you come to someone sponsored you to come to Malaysia no it was a passion they came up with the idea themselves and they served the people during their precious holiday that's why you cannot teach passion how many of us today when we look at our life, you begin to think, yeah, there is a lack of passion. I probably know of my purpose in my head, but there is a lack of passion. There is nothing that will pray until I would kneel down and cry before God. There is no more such thing. There is nothing that I will spend day and think to God about. How many of us here, there is a lack of passion? 
maybe some of us here, we used to be the deer that pants for the water. But we realize that that became a history, that became something in our head. There is no more emotion, passion involved. How desperate are God? for God are we? How desperate for God are we? What price are you willing to pay? If you look at your life today, you feel that there is a lack of passion. You know what? God is a passionate God. The Bible says He is a consuming fire. He is passionate in all that He does. If we were to come before God, He can restore that passion in your life. The passion in your life starts with your passion for God. When you have passion for God, expect this. Nobody will understand. The, the, the danger is, the problem is, we always want people to understand. I want you to understand first. I want you to understand it is so easy to follow Jesus. I think that started with a good intention. I, I want everybody to accept and understand my faith. But if you always want everybody to understand your faith, then probably our passion is not growing. They won't understand. It is a story between a deer and his deer. It is a love story. I mean, I always don't understand. When Timothy and Clara talk, I don't understand. I don't want to understand, you know. I don't. Like, the love will be more understandable. Just kidding. But what I want to say is this, church, don't make your faith reasonable. Don't make your faith like, easy to understand. Your passion is like, you can put it into a box. Let our passion for God explode from the inside. Because we're not here to make anyone understand. I remember I grew up in a Christian family my dad was a missionary he almost gave up everything to follow Jesus so growing up I was thinking I will never be like him I, I will never you know they, they are crazy for God I couldn't understand so I said I'm going to stay low and normal I want to be a normal person but when at the age of 18 when I encountered God man I used all the events I went to every one of them and after that, still not enough. I went to different churches, still got events, still can worship. I go everywhere until my mom asked me, you crazy, is it? Like, one church is enough. Like, why do you go so many places? Why do you worship all the time? Why do you lock yourself in a room to pray and read Bible and watch the, read this and read that all the time? I, I realized that suddenly she couldn't understand because it's between me and God. She couldn't understand the transformation that God has done in my heart. Friends, I pray that today something is stirring in your heart as you hear the Word of God. You know that you need this because no matter what you fill your life with, whether it is money, success, whether it is entertainment, le leisure, vacation, whether it is blessings, nothing can fill the hunger that only the Holy Spirit. No matter how much ministry you have, no matter how, how many things you good things that you have done, you realize that something is missing. It is because that is reserved. That is our passion for God. 
passion can hardly be explained because you understand in your heart it is beyond what your mind can comprehend. It is beyond what words can describe. Our love for God comes from His love for us. We love because we experience His love for us, His first love. I remember when I was in college, uh, there was this student exchange program. Those days, Korean drama, Korean culture was not a big thing yet. It was still Japanese. That tells you how old I'm. Those days, have tall, big, good-looking, right? His name was Kim. Came to Inti College and he speaks some he spoke some good English, but still pretty much Korean, not couldn't really blend into our food and all that. But I remember something, in the four months that he was there, he impacted my life. Because every time when we worship God like that, he whether he understood the song or not, he came from Korea, he always worshipped this way, like this way. He's always worshipped. We do not know what he was singing, we do not know whether he understood, but he always find a spot and just worship. Sometimes he cried before God. It was easy for us, it was our language, our song, but that was his passion. There were days that he would just lie down like before God. This is, not, this is not prayer meeting, this is CF meeting, come on. Everybody wants to look cool in CF. The guys want to be cool, they play the guitar, but this guy couldn't know, he couldn't sing our song, but he worshipped. This way is it. Sometimes he would spend like four songs there, and we stood up, all of us like look at him. You know, we always have that peer pressure, we look at each other, and he just couldn't care. He'd sit and smile to us, this is worship God. And in that few months, he brought so many of his classmates, cosmates, hostel mates to church because this guy was passionate for God. What is stirring in your heart today? This morning, can we, can we just stand to our feet? Forget about your neighbour. What story are we writing? I believe this year, before we talk and plan, all we want to do is to be in love with Jesus again. Find that passion. If you need a space to worship, you want to kneel down, you, you have the freedom to do so. Nobody is expecting you to do anything. But let us just come before God and just worship Him.